Hello there everyone and welcome to today's episode. So, I don't know about you, but there was quite a while where I struggled to come up with combos. How to attach moves together, putting them to music, ugh, it felt like some magical skill that other people seemed to have in droves, but that I was holding the book upside down and backwards on. Ebony is one of those amazing people. With her Urban Fusion Technique and Choreography class, which you will get to try in the 2021 bundle, she is constantly coming up with new combos and dances to challenge both herself and her students. So I wanted to dig in today and see what tips and tricks we could get on how she creates her combos to see if it could work for some of us. Hello, dancers, and welcome to Yellow Rocks, the belly dance podcast that helps you design your personal practice. I'm your host, Tiffany, and with me today, we have Ebony. Ebony, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, I'm so glad to be back. Thanks for inviting me. So for new listeners to the podcast, introduce yourself. Give us a little bit of your backstory. Tell us about Ebony. Uh, I'm Ebony. I live in Washington, D.C., and the type of dance that I do is rock sharky, but then also Rock Sharky inspired fusion. Um, I'm probably more heavily leaning on the fusion side these days, like in the last five years. And uh, my, my dance experience before doing fusion style belly dance was cheerleading and dance team and fitness stuff. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yeah, and if you want to listen to more about Ebony's backstory and how she turned into the dancer she is today, you can listen to our last episode with her. I believe it's Fusion and Fitness is what we called it last year. You really dove into the backstory there with the dance team and the cheerleading. So people can go listen to that for more more goodness on the backstory. So for this year's bundle, you are putting in your signature Urban Fusion Technique and Choreography class, which people absolutely adored last year. Like I got so many comments, everybody loves this class. And one thing that constantly amazes me about you is that you are always coming up with new combos and new choreographies. I've heard you talk about this a lot. So I thought that today we could talk a little bit about combo creation, because I know this is something that a lot of listeners struggle with, like putting moves together, creating combos, building those into choreographies. Like these are skills that all kind of build on each other, but that people struggle with. So can you tell us a little bit about your process how how do you when you're like okay i'm gonna create a combo for a class like Mm. where do you what happens next where do you start how do you build this skill so what i usually do and i do this on a weekly basis um i create a new combo every week and i think that that repetition makes it easier for me to do like the more you you challenge yourself to create the easier it gets or the more maybe i shouldn't say easier easier but you become more comfortable with it and you maybe develop a practice or a process that works for you over time what i do is i start off with knowing a song that i want to use like something that i'm really vibing with it this works best for me if i've been listening to the song for a while Like if I've been listening to the song while driving or listening to it in the shower. So I really know what's going on in terms of like the beat and the melody. And like, I've had time to listen to it with headphones so I can hear all the little nuance. And then I can discover which parts I would pay attention to or what I would focus on. Because, you know, with one song, every dancer would dance to it differently. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm not trying to dance to it correctly. 
I'm just trying to dance to it the way I would dance to it. Yeah, I'm just listening for the parts that really resonate with me. And yeah, if I know it well enough, then by the time I put music on, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna create a minute long combination, which is what I do every week, I will give myself an hour to do that. No more. Oh, there's a time limit on it. Yes, yes, because I and I can only speak for myself. I don't want dance to ever be something that stresses me out or something that I'm like belaboring. Like it, it needs, for me, dance is fun. It's for me to have fun. And I, when I say that, I don't mean that like for everybody dance should be fun. Like for some people, they're like working things out. Mm -hmm. We're very studious and really trying to create like a masterpiece. And I'm, I am more at this point, just trying to have a good time and just trying to express myself. So I give myself an hour to do that because I got other things to do. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I usually, I'll put the song on. I, I use an app called the amazing slowdowner that I learned from Rachel Bryce. Mm -hmm. It's super helpful with creating uh, combos. Like it'll let you play the same 16 seconds of the song over and over again, or like the same 30 seconds over and over again, or you can speed it down without changing the pitch. So I'll use that. Like I'll play the first 15 seconds of the the song, like whatever part of the song that I'm gonna dance to and just like let it loop and then see what happens. Like see what my body decides to do and just go with it. And I try to not like second guess myself. I think it's easier for me or it feels good for me because I don't really put a lot of pressure on myself to make it anything. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to describe this, but I'm just like, I'm just dancing. So what it's just fun. So whatever this is, is fine right for right now. And if I don't like it, like, in fact, I think sometimes when I'm talking to my students, I encourage them to make some dances that they don't like and get over it. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably so hard for them to hear. Oh yeah. Well, my dance troupe, when we would dance in person, when we were able to dance in person together, and um, I could see people kind of cringing because uh, like spacing or they thought that they were going to, there was something, they thought they were going to bump into somebody or they thought they were, and I was like, well, let's just all bump into each each other now and get it over with and just so that you are going to be okay with that you know like or sometimes there would be like really hard combo and I'd be like let's just all mess up this time just to see what that feels like and realize that we're not gonna implode <laughs> if we mess up you know yeah I think that I just have given myself permission a long time ago to just be whoever I am in the moment as a dancer and if I don't like what I made this time, I, I'm free to make something else tomorrow. I think so much of this is you've let go of, you've let go of the perfectionist part, right? Like when I hear, oh, I give myself an hour time limit and then like what's, what it is, is what it is. To me, like that is a perfect way. This is hilarious. A perfect way to combat perfectionism. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like um, acceptance and And I say this, like, this is how I'm operating now, but it might be different next month. Maybe next month I'm like, you know what? I need to get deeper into study and really learn something new and really like spend more time practicing, like deliberately practicing and creating something that's like theatrical. That would be different. That's like a different um, intention. Mm -hmm. So 
I, I just think that I'm lucky in that, or I don't know, I'm enjoying that right now. I'm just creating for expression, like just expressing however I'm feeling in the moment. It, it takes a lot of pressure off of me. And I think that's something that a lot of dancers could take away. Cause when we're practicing at home, right? When you're at home and you're like working on moves and technique and trying to come up with combos, not necessarily for a piece that you're creating, but to work on a piece like to work on a part of your technique. Yeah. Like this is what you, this is where you want to be. You want to be in a place where it doesn't have to be anything. You know, you're not trying to put it on a stage and make it a perfect and amazing for the audience. You're just at home dancing in front of your mirror. It should be fun. It should be part of the joy and the experience. Or cathartic, whatever it is that you want. Yes. To be. Whatever it is your intention is, you know, you know, it's, it's different for everybody. Um, for me, I'm just trying to express, I'm usually dancing out of gratitude. I'm usually just glad to be able to do it, you know? And that's like me expressing that part, like that appreciation. So mm -hmm. it, for me, I need it to feel good um, because I love it so much. I just don't ever want it to be, because I, I, there have been times in my past where when I was creating something for stage and I was not having a good time creating because I was putting a lot of expectations on myself. Like it has to be this and this and this. And I remember it being really a challenging process. And I think I'm just somebody who, when I realize that something doesn't feel good, I figure out ways to not feel that way anymore. <laughs> but isn't that like the entirety of like the point of being human? <laughs> how, do I, how do I do this thing I enjoy in a way that makes me feel good about it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I'm doing it right. I'm just like, that's how, that's what I'm going to do. Somebody's going to come along and be like, you've been doing it wrong. You're supposed to be working harder. No, <laughs> I don't, I don't think that there is a, a doing it wrong, especially when it comes to dance and practice and like what you're putting together. Like, I don't know that you can do it wrong because you're just experimenting and expressing and having fun in this place. Well, and I also feel that it's important me to, important for me to leave room to decide to change. Mm -hmm. You know, I might see something tomorrow, see someone dancing and be like, you know what, this person is really bringing it and I want to work on my flexibility. And I like, I'm inspired by this other person I saw to work on this thing in me. So I'm going to be a little more diligent, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a constant evolution going on with all of us and especially with our art. So for someone who isn't comfortable in this place you you mentioned it earlier like you've just become comfortable with creating when you you show up to make a combo you're just comfortable in that space so many dancers when they start out especially the way we are often taught right we we don't we're not encouraged to create ourselves all the time mm. and so we're not comfortable with that part of the dance yet we're not comfortable with sh showing up to make a make a combo, right? We're like, oh God, we, we overanalyze every piece of it. So mm -hmm. how do you think that dancers can become more comfortable with the art of actually creating a thing? There is an exercise that I used to do in person with my students that I learned from, I think Rachel Bryce had us do it in a workshop. And uh, you, if I can, I'll try to explain it, but you partner up, you get a partner in the class and each of you separately creates eight counts of footwork, something simple that can repeat over and over and over. And then you get together with your partner and you teach each other 
your eight counts and you put one in front of the other. So then now together as a couple, you have 16 counts of footwork and then you leave your partner again and each of you comes up with eight counts of undulations. And then you come back together and you teach each other your eight counts and now you have 16 counts of undulations, but you put them backwards. So if like partner A had the first eight counts at the top of footwork and partner B had the second eight count, then you switch it you put the undulation pattern now on top of the foot pattern and it's super hard, but you end up with this unique combo, this unique um, 16 counts that nobody else has ever done. And as challenging as it is, I remember students always being really proud of themselves for coming up with something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they, they didn't like the combo, like, you know, when they put the undulation on top of the footwork, but, and I would be like, that's okay. If you don't like it now, you know, you don't like that. So then you can go and like create something else. So I think that's a really good exercise to try, like try some footwork, try an undulation pattern, put them together, see what happens, just experiment. And then I, for me, when I get when I need some inspiration, I'll watch other dancers. I'll watch videos on YouTube and I'll be like, oh, I really like that move. I like that footwork. I've never tried to do that thing. Let me see if I can incorporate that into creating something. So I think it's really just playing around um, with your music. Uh, I think it can be pretty intimidating to try immediately to choreograph three minutes. Yeah. Maybe just try to choreograph 16 counts. Make it smaller, bite-sized. Yeah, everything bite-sized, really. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you were saying there about using YouTube for inspiration and then creating something with the inspiration you're finding. Because I think a lot of us, when we watch YouTube, we're like, oh, we really like how they did this thing. And then you try to copy that thing. You try to do that piece instead of being like, oh, let me take what it is I liked from that right? and work it into something that I'm going to create for myself. Yeah, I do it all the time. Almost every choreography that I teach on a weekly basis, I'm telling my students, I saw Amy Sigil do this. Now, it's not exactly the same. This is my own version of what I saw her because I'm not trained in ITS. Mm -hmm. um, but my students know, like I'm very transparent about, I was watching YouTube and I saw this and this is what this is inspired by. And then later on, I'll send them the clip and they'll be like, oh, I see, you know, or I was watching TikTok and I saw this move and this is how we're gonna put it into this combo. Mm -hmm. So they know that I get inspired by watching other things and that really helps me with ideas. Otherwise, I think if I was just like in a vacuum, not watching anything, I think it'd be much more challenging for me to be creative. We need like a belly dance dice that we can roll Ooh. to just like give us random things during that, that vacuum time right in front of the mirror. We're like, uh, what do I make? Or like a hotline, like a belly dance 911. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know what to put. <laughs> That would, that would be amazing. Yeah, I think, we I mean, we all take inspiration from the shows we go to, from YouTube, from classes, right? And trying to take those pieces out and instead of just doing them, creating something with them, really, I can see how that would get you more into a creative mindset. It can get you more comfortable with like taking these things you learn in workshops, taking the things you learn in class mm -hmm. and then integrating them back into your personal dance. Yeah, and I find that when I take workshops and I take dance classes, it all of a 
sudden I become so much more inspired because I have so much more material to work with, mm -hmm. especially if it's like a, you know, like um, maybe some kind of dance that I'm not practicing on my own very much. Like if I go and take like a folkloric workshop mm. uh, and it's not necessarily that I'll take those specific moves and do it to like a hip hop song. It's just that my body will have been moving in a different way than what I'm used to. And maybe I've forgotten like, hey, maybe I should use my shoulders more because, you know, we were doing, I don't know, in, in Debkey or something you're using. And oh, you know, I never do this with my shoulders. Maybe I, maybe there's a way that I can incorporate that. So yeah, it's definitely, I get much more inspired when I am doing the work of being a student myself, the very fun work of being a student myself. We're all eternal students, right? Like there's, there is no end point. This is what I tell people like earlier when you were like, someone's going to come along and tell me I'm doing it wrong. Like, right. There is no wrong. There is no end. Like we're just kind of are always learning and growing and changing as we move through the dance. You never get it done. Yeah, so you might, might as well stop thinking you're going to. Yeah. <laughs> what is it that you find really like draws you to a piece of music? Is it is it the whole song? Is it part of the song? Cause you mentioned earlier, like you, you like to do this to things, to songs that you've been listening to that you can have, you've kind of already got them in your brain. They're earworms already. How do you pick the piece? How do you pick the part of the song you're going to do this to? Because if you're going to spend a whole hour on it, you got to like it. Yeah. So I dance to a variety of music and usually it's, well, lately it's songs that I've liked for a long time. Like sometimes it's songs from my childhood that I'm like, this is very danceable. Like we need to do something about this song. Um, but then, yeah, I got to find, you know, out of a four minute song, I got to find like the perfect minute. Um, and sometimes that's a challenge because I usually do want to have the chorus in there. I think almost every time I'm going to like choose the part of the music that has the chorus, but I don't want to like bust out and start with the chorus. So like, I got to find like the, the perfect, like lead up to the chorus. Mm -hmm. So it's different for every song. For some songs I can start from the very beginning of the song and sometimes I got to like shuffle through the song and find like, I don't know, the juiciest part that makes the most sense for doing a variety of, of moves. Mm -hmm. That's, I can see it being like the part of the song where you can no longer sit still. Like the song comes on and you're immediately up and dancing. Or is it like, as you are listening to it, it's like, okay, I can't sit still anymore. I've got to get up. I've got to go dance. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And it's different. It's different for every song. It's just kind of like for me it's the sweet spot but it's different for everyone somebody else might pick that same song and be like oh I like this other part of the song better so I think it just depends on which which part of the song really makes you feel like dancing so for the listeners they're like okay I've got us I've already got a song they've already decided what song it is you know the minute we start talking about this everybody had the song pop into their head that they want to make a combo to yeah what would you suggest they do next especially if they're feeling overwhelmed they're like oh where do I start how do I make the thing what yeah. what's the next step they've got I know I know you guys already have the song in your heads <laughs> <laughs> like they have the song in their head but they need to know what to do next yeah how do they start with the combo creation okay so assuming that they are going to dance to the entire song um I you know I've heard some dancers and some you know some dancers that I really respect say that they don't necessarily start at the beginning. Like they might start at the chorus and start choreographing there because they're the most excited about that. 
Uh, some people, oh, I've heard people say, start with the end in mind. You know, some people choreograph the end first. Um, I start from the beginning. I just put on, you know, the first, what, 20 seconds, 15 seconds, and just dance to it and see what sticks. Like, I, okay, I'll put on the first 15 seconds and I'll dance to it three times. And usually I'll do the same thing two out of those three times. And then that's what it is. That's what the dance is going to be. I feel like sometimes like in that 15 seconds, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to create a thing and you hit play and the 15 seconds is going and you deer in headlights. Huh? You know, maybe, maybe the best time to choreograph if, if you have this deer in headlights thing happen, maybe after you've finished taking a dance class, Ooh. like maybe after you've finished doing your drills or whatever, because I don't think you could be deer in headlights. You just did a whole bunch of dancing. Something's going to come out. Yeah. Something's going to come out. Um, there have been times I don't do this very often, but in the past where I was like actually creating a piece that was going to be like over four minutes or whatever, not my favorite thing to do, but, um, <laughs> um, I actually wrote down different moves that I wanted to incorporate. Mm. Like I had a list of, okay, here's my grocery list of things that I'm going to put in this because I think that these moves fit really well with this dance. And I think I did that for when I created the choreography, the game for Detura Online, mm -hmm. I had a list of 20 moves that I was going to put in because it, it's um the piece is inspired by some vintage dancing, like some vintage dance genres. So I was watching some swing dancers on YouTube and I wrote down like 20 moves that they were doing that I wanted to put in there and I just stuck them in. So that, that might be a way like, you know, make a list like, you know, I want to put some umis in it. I want to put a barrel turn in it. I want to put some popping and locking in it and then see where, where that might fit in. That's, I think there's a, right. There's people who approach everything differently. Everybody comes at dance differently. And for the people who come at it completely from the feeling and the emotion, like maybe not so much, but I can see a whole subsector listeners who are like the logical people who want lists being like, yes, this, this yeah, sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. But usually when I'm doing these, um, quicker combos, it really is just the feeling Yeah, like the singer said this and it sounds like, it feels like this, the beat said this and it feels like this and that's what it is. But yeah, you can always try making a list and sticking things in, but of course you still, you gotta make it match up with the music. You can't just stick it. Right yeah, there. right. That's, it's like, where in the music does, does this ummy fit in? Yeah. Where does it, where does it flow and fit? And it almost use it as like a jumping off point. Right, right, right. All right, so those are some great tips. So we got, do it after class, after you've been dancing, after you've been practicing. And I like that because it almost like activates your creative muscles before you show up to do this. You're not showing up cold in that space. Cause if you just yeah. like, okay, I'm going to create a combo and you show up in front of your mirrors and you're like, <laughs> I got nothing. But if you do it after class, you've already been moving. Your brain's going, connecting the pieces. You've been working on combos, even if they're not your own. Like you're warmed up. Your brain is warmed up. Exactly. Too. So you got that. And then, you know, on the other side, you got start with, write down some moves and try to fit them in and see where it fits with the music and then build from there. Yeah. Ebony, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing all of your your process here around creating combos, creating choreography. I think that people are gonna have a lot of fun 
the next time that they hit the dance floor. Can you tell people where can they find you on the internet? How can they follow you on social? Tell us all the things you've got going on. Yeah, you can find my website at ebonyqualls.com. My Instagram is Ebony Dances. And if you go to my Instagram, uh, the link in bio has pretty much everything you want from me in terms of like <laughs> my email newsletter, my dance classes, my website, my YouTube, all of that stuff. And, and Ebony's got some pretty exciting things coming down the pipeline, everybody. So you're going to want to get on that newsletter and you're going to want to make sure that you're following her so you can be part of all of the amazing things that Ebony has in store for the rest of 2021. So supportive. Thank you. <laughs> so I've got one last question for you before we let you go. Okay. We are trying to bring some positivity to the last 18 months of the pandemic here. And I would like to know what is the most positive dance experience you've had throughout the COVID times so far? Ooh, uh, okay. I know what my favorite thing is. So since I've started my online dance community, I, I've been like amazed by this one thing, this one phenomenon that's happening. So I have a Facebook group. All my different classes have their own dedicated Facebook group. So they each have their own community on there. Mm -hmm. And the people, the amazing people who are learning my choreographies every week are filming themselves, doing the choreography, posting it in the Facebook group. And the, that's cool enough because they're like beautiful and amazing and they're inspiring me as well. But the comments, everybody is like boosting everybody up. They're like, you did that and your costume and oh my gosh, your undulations and the way you did those turns. Like every, we didn't have that. I didn't have that with my students in person. Mm -hmm. This is new. Like for people to be able to showcase their work and like their progress and have all of their peers like boost them and be like, I see you. Like th this is a an amazing side effect that I did not know was going to come out of there being a, a pandemic. It says a lot too about the kinds of dancers that you're drawing into your circle, right? You're creating a really positive community in those spaces. Yeah, they're, they're so amazing. Like it almost makes me like tear up a little bit, like how good people are being to each other. And and I think also people are sharing because it's um exclusive space. Like it's not, mm -hmm. it's a small community. And so uh, otherwise people might not want to post themselves publicly on Instagram, but people are comfortable posting with like 20 other people. So yeah, that's my, my most amazing fun thing of the, of 2020, 2021. The never yeah. ending times. Yeah. <laughs> Ebony, thank you so much for joining us, for creating those communities and for being part of the dance scene. You bring so many amazing things to all of us and we thank you. You're fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate you. Everyone who's listening, we appreciate you as well and your time. Thanks for being here with us today. And until next time, bye. Bye. Yep, I was right. She was full of amazing tips and tricks that we can use in our own practices to make combo creation just a bit easier. Everyone is gonna have their own processes, but being able to try on someone else's process, it helps us to find our own, and I'm excited to hit the dance floor and start creating. Check out more from Ebony, including her combo for today's challenge at thebellydancebundle.com 78. And then make sure to join us for the 2021 bundle where you'll be able to take not only Ebony's fusion technique and choreography class, but many, many others besides with dancers from all over the world. Now, 
What combo are you going to create today? <laughs>